What's good, all you great, grand, wonderful, fantastic individuals out there in the universe? Welcome to POW Radio, a.k.a. the POW Podcast. I am your part-time mediator, part-time moderator, full-time dope creator, D.Mitri here on the mic. And today, we're not going to be joined by the boys. Um, There's a particular subject wrapped into a bunch of other subjects that I want to talk about. And uh, instead of waiting for my connection to be less than spotty, since I'm working in the freaking woods, we'll talk about that later. Uh, I really wanted to go ahead and do this now while it's resting on my head and my heart and all those places. And it's something that's really important to me. And I really wanted to talk about it. So um, today doing this solo and uh, I'm going to talk about food uh, relationships that we have with ourselves, relationships that we have with each other, mental health, and the just recently passed Mr. Anthony Bourdain. So I don't know how long this is going to last because I'm kind of walking around waiting to start a dinner service. So I'm pretty sure you're going to hear a bunch of noise in the background disregard because I'm literally like pacing the room. (laughs) But I'm going to go ahead and get into it because it's all something that's very, very important to me. And I just needed to uh, share this space with you guys tonight. (sighs) It's been a very busy culinary day in my world, but it's been also an extremely sad day in history. So... Let's talk. All right, let's start the show. So to give a little background about myself to people who do not know me, my name is Dimitri, um, Mr. Satterwhite, and Mr. Angelo met me many, many years ago when we were all stationed together in Korea. I was the kid on base that started this pal movement (laughs) Um, and also was the cook for the people, for everybody. Uh, Cooking was something that was definitely not in the forefront of what I wanted to do as a career, at least fully at the time. But uh, it kind of, my love for it spawned really out of a bet. Um, At the time frame, I was friends with people, mostly a lot of the guys who played on the bass football team and they sucked they sucked yo they were terrible they knew they were (laughs) and I went to one game and I you know everybody likes seeing me out and having a good time or whatever so they asked me if I was going to come back to the games and I was like nah y'all wasting my time y'all suck yo I ain't coming back to these games unless y'all win and (laughs) the quarterback at the time shout out to Campos how you doing yo said um Well, I'll make you a bet. For every time we win a game, you got to cook for the team. And I'm like, I'll take this bet because why? Y'all suck. Y'all whack. Y'all not going to win. So whatever. And I'll be damned if I didn't put a nail in my coffin and they won the entire fucking championship. Um, So I was cooking every Sunday. So my Sunday dinner started with cooking for the team and it's Korea, word travels fast, and apparently so do smells, and it became a big family event, and um, it, was, it became something that was as important to me as it was to everybody else that I did it for, and in those dinners, and in that moment, I realized that 
cooking and doing what I was doing and providing this comfort and this space and, and this love of something was something I had to do for the rest of my life. And I came across the Kitchen Confidential book by Mr. Anthony Bourdain, and, um, and I read it. And I was like, this world seems so crazy, but it seems so alluring. And I want to do this. And I want to go to I want to go to CIA, which is the school that he went to in New York. So I remember I sat down and I looked it up. I looked up the credentials to get into CIA. And uh, you had to have like worked for some popular chefs or worked for some people in the business just in general. And you needed to get all these letters of recommendation and have all of this culinary knowledge. Well, not knowledge, but like at least some sort of culinary resume behind your back to just apply. And I was like, man, like, you know, I've been in the military for the past few years. I don't have any of that shit. I don't have enough. And um, I forgot how the conversation came up. But it was like between me and my supervisor at the time. And I was talking about it. It was something I really, really wanted to do. And then something happened. Like everybody that I was cooking these dinners for and my supervisor included and all of that, everybody wrote these letters. I still have them to this day. They wrote all these great, grand, fantastic letters about what I do and, and the feelings that they got from, from the food that I created. And, and I used that as my package, and I sent it into CIA. And right when I separated in Hawaii, I, my mom calls me in Louisiana, and she had a letter, and all she said was, you got in. And I was like, you, I can't, and I can't. I cannot explain what that felt like. Like, I was the happiest little kid in the world. I really, really wanted to go to that school because Bourdain went to that school and because I was such a fan and I was so, I was so enthralled by what it, like what it could be. And, 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 and <sighs> fast forward, I ended up not going because CIA is expensive as fuck. Feel free to look up the Culinary Institute of New York in Hyde Park and see just how fucking expensive it is. <laughs> but I did go to culinary school still. I went in Hawaii instead since I was there after I separated. And uh, I was still a crazy, hardcore, heavy Bourdain fan. And I followed every single, I, I got every single book. I tried to go to book signings, but I never could catch him when I was in the same state. Um... I followed his career for a very long time when he started No Reservations, when he started Parts Unknown, when he, uh, like everything, like everything that started with like the Cooks Tour. Like I was, um, I was a huge fan of watching his shows and watching his progression as a chef because it proved to me and as my progression as a chef changed that it's, it's, it's bigger than the food, y'all. It's not just, it's not just about the food. Like it's, yeah, at the end of the day, it is just food. But it's not just about the food. Like we, we, it's a very stressful world to be in. Um, if you know people who cook in kitchens or or have cooked in kitchens, but and not just fast food places, but have gone up and kept going up, it uh, <laughs> it's very physically demanding. It's incredibly emotionally demanding, um, and you gotta love this business to be in it. And unfortunately, a lot of us love the business more than we love ourselves. And I think that's why we're here talking about this today. This, um, 
I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I've been witnessing many, many, um, many, many suicides lately. Um, personally, like people I've known personally and people that like, you know, you know, like from the celebrity sphere and it's been amazing talents, like these huge artists and these great people that at least on the outside, they all look like they're happy and they're smiling and they're great. And the next day they're gone. And I think maybe some of it comes from the fact that we're in such a fabricated world right now that even when people do kind of speak out, nobody knows what's real anymore at the point to really understand that someone is actually truly asking for help. Now, I also know that not all of us ask for help. Um, (laughs) I have the scars to prove it. And the very first time that I tried to kill myself and I failed, um, I wasn't talking to anybody about shit. I was keeping everything to myself. I felt like me talking about what was going on with me was going to be a burden to somebody else, even though lots of people that I knew in my life were like (sighs) unloading what they were going through onto me. I felt like I would be a burden if I really brought what was happening to me to other people. And I remember when it really got to a head and um, I called the veterans hotline and I ended up (laughs) counseling the guy on the veterans hotline that I called to get help. And that was something that was unexpected. So it was like, well, hell, what's the point of reaching out and talking to somebody if they don't have it together either? So I think it becomes a space where we all feel like we're faking it till we make it until we can't make it no more. Uh, The thing about mental health and I guess how we address it, how we reference it is sometimes, and I won't say these are all the time and all experiences, uh, it comes with a stigma that like there's something totally, there's something wrong with you or that like you shouldn't, or showing, saying that you're not okay is, is, is a weakness, um, uh, that you're crying wolf if you are constantly, constantly, constantly saying you're not okay, um, that you should just boss up and move on that other people in the world have troubles that are bigger than you, so you just need to get over it because who the hell are you? Like, you're nothing special. Like, what makes you think your problems are more significant than someone else's? I think sometimes we shame each other into not talking to each other. And I'm not saying that if he would have reached out, because no one knows, you know, the backstory of any of these people, like him, Robin Williams, Chester Bennington, Kate Spade, no one knows the like the full scope of what was going through their minds during their last hours, minutes, seconds. But I mean, I, I won't say that talking to someone could have changed everything. We don't know, you know, we don't know. But I think that we do often shame people when people genuinely just need connection. And we're in a world that values the misery over happiness. We're very quick 
to post and talk about the bad shit in life before we talk about the good or help someone celebrate their good. Um, I mean, I, I had experiences where I was going through a very, one of the lower points of my life in a very, very long time. And people were personally reaching out to me and telling me that they needed me to be happy because me not being happy was making them unhappy. And it's like, that's not, you can't, you can't do that to people. That's not how that, that's not how that thing works. Like you got to go fix yourself and let people fix themselves. And if you're not going to say anything that's going to be helpful or healthy in any way, shape or form, just, you know, don't say nothing at all. I'm pretty sure I'm rambling. I apologize. I knew that. <laughs> I know. I knew that was going to happen. But I also know that um, this is not going to be a very, very long monologue, if you will. I just really needed to um, to say some things. Um, it wouldn't hurt for us to be more open with each other. I'm not saying reach out to people all the time. Like, check, like I, I am a big advocate for saying, like, you know, you need to check on your strong friends a lot because your strong friends are normally going through more shit than you know. And, and sometimes we forget that the strong kids need a shoulder too. I am an advocate of saying that because I've, I've lived it. I get it. I know it. Um, all I'm saying really is that we need to be more open and learn to be empathetic. I saw a lot of people say that, um, you know, suicide is selfish and like how dare he leave his daughter and how dare he leave all the people that love him and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, if you, if you haven't been in the space to truly know the, the the torment and the torture and 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 the helplessness and the isolation that that comes with getting to a point where you feel like you don't want to get up you feel like you want to flip this car when you're driving somewhere you feel like you want to hop onto train tracks you feel like you want to just go in the bathroom and pop a bunch of pills and just go to sleep if you haven't been in that space nothing absolutely nothing gives you the right to call somebody selfish because what you're doing in that exact moment is exactly what you're saying of them you if you don't understand it say you don't understand but don't just outrightly denounce people that's not this world is hard enough and we need to do a better job of being more open to each other and asking questions and trying to get a grip on shit that we don't understand. Everything is not going to be understood by everybody, but if but we can try. We we can try to see it from a different viewpoint and 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 try to help our friends who are going through things like this, our friends, our family, like, or people that you don't even know.
the there's been a huge decline in mental health over the past few years. And I think it's because a lot of us are more in tune with objects than we are with them with ourselves. This is absolutely a personal opinion. So by all means, don't take anything I say as gospel. <laughs> but um, I think it would be a grand idea for everybody at least a few minutes out the day to take a pause, sit down, look at your life, look around the room. And if you can't smile about something in that room, change it. Change it. Because we could all be up out of here at any given moment and as we go through our day and try to survive it's important to remember that there are people around you who are trying to survive too and the only thing that we can all do is make ourselves good so that Maybe that will help the person around us feel good. And maybe it'll be contagious. And maybe it'll make the space and the energy a little bit lighter and a little bit happier. I spent my world in black and white, mostly black, for a very, very long time. And when I learned how to see color and create color in spaces that were meant to be black, it changed every single thing. We lost a storyteller today. We lost a person who taught me that it is about the people and the way that we all move within this big realm together. You can't do anything in this world by yourself, which also means that you are never going through anything by yourself. My name is D.M.E.A.T.R.I.E. All my info is on the page. If any of you are ever dealing with anything and you feel that you have absolutely nobody to talk to at all, contact me. I don't care what I am doing. I will make the time. Because we can't keep disappearing off this world like this by our own hands. We got to heal ourselves, y'all. <sighs> Until we meet again, this is The Kid signing off.